Hello folks, welcome back to the Pre-Construction Podcast. It's Gareth McGlynn here with all your pre-construction crack. Now before I start, I've got a special announcement. I have decided to do something, I want to be more consistent with the podcast. So every Monday at noon EST, I am going to release an episode of the Pre-Construction Podcast. So I'm going to be coming at you thick and fast. Um, We've got loads of fantastic guests lined up. We've got loads of content coming out of Advancing Pre-Construction as well. And we're gearing up to Pre-Con World down in Dallas in October. So stay tuned for that. Um, Over to today's guest now. And this is coming from our audience as well. A lot of people are asking me, listen, Gareth, can you get a modular fabricator on? Um, I want to hear more about it. My clients, my my developers are asking for that, that that sort of that, that sort of product um, obviously to save money and to save time so who better to get on than david roberts he is the director of modular fabrication at khsns out west they're actually based in southern california so we hear all about david's background i like his background because it's entrepreneurial he's been there he's done that and now he's in, he sees the value in fabrication or prefabrication um, so we hear about the spec product from KHSNS. Um, we get an overview of the facility. We get an understanding of partner integration, what's required, the design process, the capabilities uh, around PBUs and PKUs. So P- PBUs, prefabricated bathroom units. PKUs is prefabricated kitchen units. Uh, and then the value and the benefits and, and the differences that the client can expect. Um, so we really, we really dig deep into it. Um, and when does the decision to have PBUs and PKUs? I think that's the biggest thing. We're always hearing about getting the trade partners in early during the design process, and, and David goes through that with us. As always, folks, before we hear from David, let's hear from one of our main sponsors. It's Steve Delordro from Concentric. Hi, I'm Steve Delordo, founder and CEO of Concentric, the first holistic platform for pre-construction. As a former executive officer of one of the largest general contractors in the U.S., I have experienced firsthand the challenges the industry is facing, particularly in pre-construction. Pre-construction is still a highly manual and fractured collection of processes. Essential information is kept in ad hoc scattered spreadsheets and documents, which really limits the understanding and hides the full picture of a project for all those involved. Concentric is here to change that. Our 360-degree platform unites data, workflows, and people. With Concentric, you and your team can access real-time insights and data, assess and mitigate risk to ensure a successful project outcome, and most importantly, unlock the enormous capacity of your talent and your data. To learn more about Concentric and to book a demo, head to our website, concentric.com. That's spelled C-O-N-C-N-T-R-I-C.com. Concentric, it's pre-construction recalibrated for the modern builder. David Roberts, welcome to the Pre-Construction Podcast. Morning, Gareth. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. Today is all about the prefabrication crack. 
So we uh, we've get we've been on the podcast been going now about two and a half years, and one of the, the things that we 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 get from guests and speakers and is they want to hear from a prefabricator. Um, when I hear about the 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 market, what's happening in the market, the challenges, the success stories. And that's why we reached out to, to you, David. Anybody doesn't know me, it's David Roberts, Director of Modular Fabrication at KHS&S. And they are located in the beautiful Southern California. Yes, it is. It is beautiful in Southern California. Good, good. Okay, David. Well, listen, we've been kind of chitting, chatting prior to recording. So for anybody that doesn't know you or KHS&S, Let's hear a little bit about your background. Sure, sure, absolutely. So um, probably uh, extensively over three decades in uh, construction and development in one capacity or another. Uh, spent a, a good amount of time uh, in uh, land development as well as vertical construction. So that includes, um, you know, being in the dirt. Uh, so my goal uh, as a professional would be to have gained as much knowledge as possible as a whole uh, in the construction industry. Um, that kind of uh, spawned my early desires to get into land development as a builder, um, kind of a turnkey solution. So uh, gleaning as much information as I possibly could from every opportunity. It's spanned everywhere from working with um, Warehouse are doing uh, land development and subdivision entitlements uh, all the way down to um, uh, subdivision of airspace and then ultimately into vertical construction with a, a variety of notable builders, including my own general contracting firm. So you've been there, you've done it, and you've worn the T-shirt. I love it. Yeah, got the T-shirt and and uh, I'm happy to have had it. Good. So talk to me, right? KHSNS approach you and say, listen, David, this is what we're thinking the director of modular fabrication, what's your thoughts on it? And, and how did that process kind of wear out? Um, was it, was it a case of, yeah, I've always loved the idea of doing this. I've good, obviously we, we, we know it's the future. What, what was going through your head? Yeah, sure. So yeah, yeah that's exactly right. KHSNS approached me. I, I was formerly the vice president of a company by the name of stone panels. We manufactured a lightweight reinforced modular, um, kind of a, a prefabricated modular cladding system for exterior buildings. Um, so with that background, they reached out to me to kind of spearhead uh, the innovation that was brought forward um, by uh, um, KHSNS with the spec product. Um, they uh, approached me with the launch. Now, you know, 15 years ago, uh, KHSNS was heavily involved in the modular construction component in terms of uh, PBUs and PKUs. And for those not familiar with the nomenclature, um, pods, if you will, um, they sold their interest in an organization um, about 15 years ago, obviously lied dormant until the non-compete clause had uh, run its time. And uh, once that had had uh, elapsed, then they decided they would throw their hat in the ring again, uh, particularly now with the, the increases in technology and, and and to be honest with you, the need. Yeah. So absolutely. they saw the need in the marketplace and, and thought they would uh, be suitable to fill it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, listen, it's a, it's something that everyone's talking about. Um, I was at Advancing Pre-Construction a couple of weeks ago in Phoenix, and there was I know that Advancing actually do a, a prefabrication Advancing, but everyone that I talked to had something to say about it. So talk to me when, when it, as you say, the non-compete lapsed, they were going to get back into the market. You mentioned PBUs there, so that's prefabricated bathroom units and PKUs, prefabricated kitchen units. Um, what are what are clients looking for? Um, we, we we know we talk all the time, and I see in your website that you do healthcare, multifamily, um, student housing. What what are they looking for, and, and what what advantage do they get when they do offsite modular construction or, or prefabricated construction? Yeah, yeah, I think that's part of our role, right? Is we have to to make sure they understand what they are looking for, and, and we have to kind of lead them down that road because oftentimes they're not really sure. So we, we always kind of start out with what is the problem and let's find the solution for it. So the solution that's presented by uh, prefabrication is multifaceted. One, it uh, eliminates a tremendous amount of liability on the job site. Um, it increases scheduling um, opportunities to condense schedule because you have segments of the construction cycle that are completely um, finished and ready to go uh, on demand. Um, so the uh, the idea of presenting a turnkey opportunity, both in the PBUs and PKUs, as well as panelized wall systems for exterior, um, all uh, all are very attractive. I and mean, we're we're lopping months off of a schedule simply by getting involved very early on in the pre-construction design development phases, um, so that uh, we can begin the fabrication or manufacturing of the PBUs and PKUs and wall systems. Um, it's done off-site. Um, so we're in an interesting environment here. We're a union contractor. So we take advantage of, of unit segments within that, uh, within that union. So uh, we employ a shop labor basis versus a field labor basis, which helps drive the cost down. So there's a cost benefit here as well. Not to mention the idea that we're in a controlled environment, so rain and, and other elements don't impact us. Other scheduling delays that came prior to us don't really impact us. We're kind of, once we have that design development component, all the pre-construction activity under uh, under wrap, we're, we're full bore. We're, we're going, going to town. Brilliant. And the big question, and I asked it earlier, is, who, who? I mean, I can hear when you when you mention cost. I can hear all the the listeners, the estimators, and the pre-com managers. Their ears perking up. Who who actually comes and says to you, "Listen, this is what we're looking for." Is it generally, and, and from your experience, is it the developer has already made their mind up at the very beginning? We're going to do prefabricated um, units, or is it the GC that that advises the the developer? Who gets you on, and how does that consultative collaborative kind of approach work? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. All of the above, really, and I'll kind of try to hone in on it. We do a tremendous amount of work with uh, with general contractors, and that's largely because of the extensive relationships that KHSNS already has with those contractors. But just like um, any pre-construction activity, the sooner we can get involved, the more benefit we could present, right? So the worst thing is to have a project that has a repeatable module, uh, be it in wall systems, uh, PBUs or PKUs uh, that we can attack 
if that's done very early on, the ownership, the general contractor or whomever we start with uh, can take advantage of um, savings. If we've already got uh, the MEP contractors on board, for example, you're going to have to go back to the MEP contractors and seek um, some credit for those components that we would be absorbing. And as we know, at that stage, we're probably getting 75 cents on the dollar at best um, back into their coffer. So uh, the sooner we can be involved, the better. Although we've had great success dealing with the general contracting firms and finding solutions that they present in their delivery method, um, we're on a, a very extensive program now to get involved with ownership as well as architectural design so that we can really present a higher value in what we offer. Brilliant. I love it. Now talk to me. Well, let's let's not bash the MEP guys, but how... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not at how, all. How, uh, how accommodating are they when it comes to, to, to your product? I mean, obviously it's a big saving for them and, and, and it works well, but... I mean, they would have to kind of have an understanding. I'm sure you've got your contractors now, any mechanical, electrical and piping contractors that you work with now for, for ages. But if there's a project somewhere that you haven't done business before and you start engaging with the mechanical and electrical guys, how early do you get on with them? And how does that relationship work? Sure, sure. So our relationship with the the AB contractors of which we, we indeed utilize uh, a great deal and, and enjoy the relationships with, um, we're actually doing all of the mechanical, electrical, and plumbing in-house for the PBUs. Um, as it relates to the relationship on a project, um, you know, it's it's a tight walk, right? It's a tightrope. We um, we're, we're effectively could be viewed as taking you know food out of their mouths, right? So we're we're dealing with installing all of those systems into the into the units. I think that as a whole, it's a very minor portion of what their scope would be on a large scale project. And so they're often happy. We, we work very well and coordinate extensively with them to make it as easy for them as possible. One example would be um, on the project that we're doing now, which is a uh, University of California project. Um, we've got uh, 800 some odd units. Well, when we were first got involved, the um, the load centers for the electrical weren't clearly identified. Um, so in order to isolate cost, we've included the electrical whips that will bring all of those PBUs to the load center. And that was a coordinated effort with the electrical contractor on site. He said, look, I can't give a number for it. So why don't you guys just include it in yours? So it's a give and take, I think is what I want to say there. Good, good. And listen, it sounds like it's a, is it as easy? And I'm, I'm probably simplifying it a little bit. Is it easy as, as a plug and play? Won't you guys? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it really is. And that's, that's idealistically how I like to describe it is if, you know, we're, we're kind of carving out this niche where um, we are in construction, but we'd like to be considered more as a manufacturer. So what I tell our clients is consider me an appliance, right? So if you were gonna go purchase a refrigerator or a stove or something for a given unit, that's really where we're at. We just simply don't bear the UL logo, right? Yeah. It's just plug and play at that level. But yeah, it's a simple connections of the waste and the supply for for the MEPs and we're good to go. Brilliant. So we've kind of talked about the benefits. Is there any kind of advice 
ROI or, or numbers that you can give it. For instance, that that one, uh, the student housing there, I mean, 800 units is a lot of units. Um, mm -hmm. What sort of savings is in it for the client? Yeah, so the, the savings, as I touched on earlier, um, can be in, in schedule. Now, depending on what their delivery method is, that could or could not be a savings. But um, largely the rate, I think, is is going to be a, a big consideration, whereas you're paying a, a union journeyman out in the field, you know, 30, 40 percent more than what our shop labor uh, rate is going to fall to uh, would be a, a big consideration. Also, we're, we're kind of fall in this computational design component where all of our material is quantified down to precision levels, which means we're not incorporating a standard waste factor um, that you would see in, in traditional construction. We, we've got it down to such a finite point that we can pass that savings along to our customers. Um, not, not to mention the, the basic ease of, of uh, requirements at the job site for a uh, a workforce that would have to be in place. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense as well. And then you talk, it's interesting that the digital fabrication side of it, um, I mean, that must be, for, for a client to be able to visualize something right away and then get that delivered almost to the to, to the millimeter, I mean, that must, that must really open up the client's eyes um, and the contractor's eyes. Um, is there any sort of, how do you display that to, to a client? Is it, what software do you use? What's your tech stack like? Yeah, so I'm 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 every day reminded of how lucky I am to be surrounded by brilliant people, right? So uh, we have a brilliant uh, construction design team, um, and we work um, in a variety of modules, Rhino and BIM, and and obviously the CAD systems as well that are associated. Um, the um, the biggest advantage uh, to us in the tech side um, is being able to really display these things in advance, um, uh, incorporate ourselves into a BIM model. And, and this is all just standard practice for us, where I think, you know, nowadays, not quite such a, a anomaly, but, you know, 10, 15 years ago to think that a specialty contractor has got uh, such a, a solid grasp on BIM and BIM coordination was a little bit of an anomaly, right? So now it's pretty well standard for the for the larger the more uh, uh, successful contractors and i think we've capitalized on the idea of becoming um, at the forefront of design development with those tools brilliant and and from your point of view i always ask this on the podcast and generally i interview people estimators pre-construction managers from the, the general contractor side but is there anything that excites you on the technology side right now hmm. that you think you know what this could be a game changer and obviously the, the big the big buzzword at the minute is AI. Do you see that being integrated into your process anytime soon? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't think we've quite figured out how at our scale anyway to eliminate the human factor. And, and uh, um, to be honest with you, our focus is not, has not eliminated that, but we are more focused on becoming uh, more efficient in transitional areas like um, from one product to the next, right? So we have PBUs and PKUs that all incorporate a designer specific intent. Um, so I think we're focused on making sure that we preserve that intent and that um, the marketplace doesn't perceive it as being the designers having to adjust to our product. We're gonna adjust to the design. Mm -hmm. 
And so that presents all kinds of, of opportunities to um, how do we going to integrate that design into this unit and still maintain a production level um, operation. Um, so I, I think we're more still more focused on the grassroots than we are anything like AI. And um, you know, I don't want to downplay it, but uh, we're, we're, we're still nuts and bolts more so than the tech, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I don't think I think it'll be involved in the process, but I don't think it's going to take over the construction industry like right. other industries. Um, I can't see an AI bot building any 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 kitchens or bathrooms anytime soon. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Although it's it's probably not too far off in the distance. <laughs> um, and then tell me, David, when it comes to the collaboration side, we talk you're talking there about the design side. Um, how important is it? that if anybody's listened to this now and said, you know what, this is something that as a general contractor, we have thought about. Um, what advice would you give a pre-construction manager, a VP of pre-construction uh, within a general contractor on how to go about this um, and getting it involved in their next project? Yeah, great question. Thanks for asking that. Um, do it early, right? So get us involved uh, very early on in the process so that you can really benefit from all of the opportunities that are there for savings. The sooner we can develop a, a finalized design, uh, the sooner we can get into our fabrication process. You know, we're, we're pretty um, nimble in this process and, you know, we can make um, minor adjustments in the system as we go through, but the sooner you can get us involved, uh, the better your return is going to be. Yeah. Are you talking conceptual estimating, schematic, that early? Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And and then obviously the owner um the, the owner gets involved, the architect's still involved at that stage. Um and with your current clients, are they showing you a specific ROI return on investment for going fabricated? I mean, have you got like data that you can share with us on, on how much you're saving the, the clients? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure that the clients are ready to tip their scale on that just yet. <laughs> um, and and hopefully that's the uh, the harbinger of uh, future business because they don't want to they don't want to give away the, uh, the the secret numbers. But uh, yeah, I think that the overwhelming response has been very positive to the idea of having uh, one element that they don't have to control on site. Um, and that manifests not only in the financial means, but you know, if you stop and think about it, a general contractor's on site and he's doing you know 800 to 1,000 uh, repeatable units um, in a hospitality or a, a student housing environment. Imagine the idea of having to have trade uh, managers in those units for each of the disciplines punching that item. Whereas we're turnkey, right? It's one step for them. So they they have one trade manager or one individual that's going to um, not only punch uh, the work or, or accept the work, but they have one source of accountability to go to for resolution in, in that work, as well as warranty issues. Uh, and, and we do maintain a, a, a strong warranty in, in our products, as well as make a very concerted effort during the production process to preserve manufacturer's warranties. Brilliant. Yeah. Huge, huge. Um, yeah. And then talk to me, you mentioned there about on-site and stuff. T talk to me about your your facility at Rancho. Um, 
would it be like walking into a Tesla um, manufacturing facility where there's robots everywhere and everything everything's like hanging by mini cranes on the roof? What uh, what does it look like? Sure, sure. Yeah, it's it's kind of a a, a mixed bag. Um, we, we we prefer the Toyota analogy because we're such fans of the lean systems. But yeah, uh, um, I, I will take uh, no exception to uh, to Tesla at all. <laughs> so we. Um, we, we have an automated system, whereas, I mean, I don't know if you recall or not, but years ago, I referred to Rice University and the, the uh, pods that uh, um, were constructed out there and, and how they were very um, visually a, um, an appliance add-in. It didn't appear as though they belonged in the unit. It was very clearly something that was brought to the site, whereas our goal is to integrate our system, uh, our PBUs and PKUs into a greater building system without it appearing as though uh, they were built off-site. Um, our system is um, unlike the pods that were created for Rice University, which were built off of a stationary component. So uh, if their manufacturing limitations were four units, uh, five units, six units, eight units a day, they had eight units sitting out on the middle of the floor and all of the components were brought to the units. We do take from the assembly line process where we have a moving system. Um, we have uh, what we consider our manufacturing line that begins with the framing and, and gypsum wallboard applications, but those are all supported by uh, other stations that are in an adjacent building. And the idea here is, I don't want to get too far into the weeds here for you, but we start the line, I'll digress a little bit, we start the line with the framing component and it moves through. It then, yes, goes to a conveyor system that is uh, um, vertical uh, for a number of reasons. So all of the walls then go vertical. So my finishers are taping and bedding and, and painting and applying finishes to walls in the same condition they would if it were on site. Um, the benefit to that for us is, is that I can obviously produce a greater square footage vertically than I can uh, flat economically, right? So I, I'd almost have to double, if not triple, the size of my facility if I was laying everything flat. It then goes on from that point to what we call our boxing section, and that's where all of the walls then come together and are put into the unit and assembled. That's really kind of the, the beginning of the process for us, and that's when it becomes a identifiable unit. Once that identifiable unit is assembled, it moves on to the next step, and, and that includes um, you know, finishes and, and um, MEPs and uh, obviously a very extensive quality process. And then we, we actually wrap the, the units uh, in a watertight barrier for storage because we're always building these well in advance of the need. So they have to go into a stored capacity. Um, now backing up, we do have in an adjacent building, a entire support section. And the goal here is to produce um, components uh, at the highest scale that can be introduced into the line and remove the work that needs to be performed on the line. Um, so most of our plumbing is already pre-cut and pre-assembled um, and then put into place on the line. Same with the electrical, 
uh, and a whole host of other things. So the idea is to keep the efficiencies on that line moving on a regular basis because we do indeed have that quota of saying we're going to produce, you know, six units a day, and uh, that that's everything to us, right? That's that's what's going to keep us keep us on the straight and narrow is is maintaining those measurable goals. Brilliant, brilliant. It sounds fascinating. I would yeah. I would love I would love. I would love a trip there. The next time I'm in Southern California, I'm going to call down to the factory. Good. I was I was just going to extend the invitation to you. We'd love to have you out and and take a look at the operation. It's uh, it really is a, a great deal of fun. Right, David. Without revealing any top secrets, how then do you transport these things without damaging them? I mean, that must be an absolute headache. I mean, I can imagine. Uh, I mean, I've drove a car with a trailer in the back, with a sofa in the back, and it it looks like a different product when I get to the the destination. How do yeah. you how do you do it? So with a white, you must have a white glove service, surely. Well, it 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 is to to a certain degree, right? So we we build into the idea that we're going to have a a number of of issues that are going to have to be addressed on site. Um, however, to be honest with you, we've, we've spent a lot of time um, testing this, right? So, I mean, I think the, the first units that we produced for the UC project, uh, we drove them back and forth probably for a week um, just to see what kind of damage was going to be incurred. And it's pretty minimal. Uh, I think one of the advantages that we have being here in California is that everything's built to a seismic constraint anyway. So as long as we pack them correctly and we construct them correctly, they're pretty pretty durable. Brilliant. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, and just for for anyone, obviously you're 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 based in Southern California. Where do you where do you ship to, or how far do you do you expand out geographically? Yeah, I think I think it's limitless. It's wherever it can make sense financially, right? So as long as the the savings that are being realized by utilizing this are not offset by transport cost. Then, then it's fair game. Right. Um, yeah, we are currently focused um, probably in the the western United States. However, prior we've we've sent units to to the Bahamas um, and and uh, across the water. So I think it's just constrained only by cost benefit and what's being absorbed by that transport cost. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. And, of, and if the estimator, the planner schedule. If they see financial benefit, then then we're good to go. Yeah, absolutely. David, this has been absolutely fascinating. Thank you very much. Is there anything else that we, we didn't touch on that you would like to kind of, any advice that you would give a VP director of pre-construction within a general contractor? Obviously, get involved early, collaborate early as much as possible. Um, any other advice? Yeah, I think that's key is get involved early and, um, you know, give me your headaches. <laughs> let, me, let me absorb some of your burden and uh, we're well equipped to to handle it and and our whole mission is to as i said make sure that we maintain design intent and to make your life as easy as possible in your process because you've got a, a much bigger nut to crack than we do <laughs> i love it nice compliment at the end there uh well before we go where is the best place to get in touch with you because i would imagine there'll be a few follow-up questions from our listeners sure no, absolutely um, I, I can certainly list an email, um, and anybody that has any any interest to follow up, you're more than welcome to contact me directly. Uh, that email would be David, and then dot or period, and then Roberts R O B E R T S 
at khsnswest.com. Brilliant. There you have it, folks. Now, anybody looking for that email address, it will be in all the show notes down below the episode. So you'll be able to, I'll put um, David's email address and you can just drop him an email. I'm sure he'll be happy to answer any questions. Indeed. David Roberts, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much to yourself and KHSNS for coming on the Pre-Construction Podcast. Thanks, Eric. Eric, Eric, the, the pleasure's been mine. I appreciate it. Stuck in spreadsheets? Tired of the endless loop of copying and pasting? Now imagine all your estimating workflows in one program. Beck Technologies' innovative Destiny Estimator software streamlines the entire estimating process. With intuitive tools and powerful analytics, you can create accurate and reliable estimates quickly and easily. We understand the challenges pre-con teams face because we were born from construction. When you are ready to streamline your estimating effort, visit us at beck-technology.com and talk with a tech expert in a Destiny Estimator demo today. Hey folks, I hope you enjoyed that episode with David. No doubt about it, KHS and S, they're way ahead when it comes to prefabrication. I think they've got 12 plus years of experience down there at Rancho. So a big thank you for David and KHS and S for letting us do that episode. As always, folks, I'm always hearing from listeners, from the audience. Uh, one thing that they keep asking me to do is, why do you not ask people to subscribe? Um, so here it is. Please hit the subscribe button on wherever you listen to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever it is. Uh, and of course, you'll be notified when the next episode is out. One thing I am going to change is every Monday at noon, I'm going to release a new episode of the Pre-Construction Podcast. So it's going to be coming at you much more consistent. So you can listen to it on your way to work, during your, your daily routine or your workout. Um, and I hope you're enjoying it. Thank you very much.